DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I know you like to talk David, about things other than... Yes. I have a question. I knew it. <laughs> I was just about to get to that. Go ahead. How many days have you done this show? No idea. 50 times 20, that'd be 1,000, 20 years, 23 years, uh, 23,000 shows. There it is. Yeah, there's holidays, vacation. I'm not at 23,000, but probably over 20. I was feeling good about myself because I'm going to call my 1,000th jazz game here shortly. Nice. And then I, and so, you know, I was, you know, being, I don't know, PK, I don't know if you'll relate to this at all, but I was being like self-boastful. I don't know if you've ever done that, PK. If you're aware, like, I was feeling pretty good about my, I don't know if you've ever done that. So, Never. and then I realized when I was coming on with you this morning, wow, that's really like playing a hundred straight NBA games and then bragging to Ron Boone about it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Done in the morning. Yeah, I did, I did bad math there. I'm not a 20,000, David. I don't know why I said 50 times 20. That's the number of hours I've done. 20 hours in a week. Five shows in a week. So, uh, it looks like the number is... A little over 5,000, probably. You do about 220 shows a year, right? 250 uh, weekdays. PK takes like 80 days off, but I mean, you only take like 25. Right. Sure, we'll go with that. All right. Anyway, I, just was, I was just, you know, fawning on your greatness. It's just a regular occurrence we have Friday morning. Yeah, me too. And I, for me, it's Monday through Thursday. I take Friday off. Well, it's because I do it for you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Right. I mean, what did I say to somebody else? I'm really simple in life. I need chocolate chip cookies, attention, and skiing. And other than that, I'm good. That's a good combination. So I didn't. I, I know that with so many jazz players out, the normal stuff we talked to you about um, isn't really going to work because these games have been bizarro games, and they aren't going to matter when we get to the playoffs because if they have this lineup, then they're out in a heartbeat. And if they have that other lineup, then these games don't mean anything. So I did have other things I wanted to talk to you about today. And one, you're a big Stanford fan. George Klyavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, is going to be on later in the show this morning. If you had one question for the commissioner, what would you ask him? But you guys know way more than I do on this. I'm not sure I have a good answer. I mean, I think they have to diagnose the decline before they can figure out how to fix it. And so it's a hard question for him to answer because it's really criticizing the previous Pac-12 commissioner. But there has been a clear decline in play, recognition, status over the last 10 years. If it's a stock... There's no question what direction the Pac-12 stock has gone. If you're going to fix that, you better diagnose why it went that direction before. And I feel like that's what Larry never did, was he just simply kept kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall and knew this and knew that, but never would admit there was a problem. If you don't admit what's wrong, you can't fix it. So that would be the direction I would go with my question. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, and that's the good thing about him is that he's willing to speak on the things that have not been up to par. And in order, I totally agree with you. 
Mr. Locke. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You have to figure out what the problem is in order to fix it. And you have to acknowledge it. And he's spoken at length about it. It's just a question of whether he can fix it, whether he can sway other conferences, because I think once that they can find a way to expand the playoff and at least get in, then you can go from there to see where you're at. The other one I do, I do think, and this is not his fault, and I have Holly and I have talked about this a little bit on the road this year. I, I actually think COVID restrictions impacted play of universities. So if you're in a particularly strict COVID state and your practices were more limited than if you were in a non-strict COVID state, I think it's had an impact on programs. All right, let's get to the Utah Jazz now and discuss uh, one or two things about the Jazz. We were talking about uh, Eric Pascal. I have, I, have, I have actually one other note for you, by the way. That's the longest pause ever, David. <laughs> I know, but I just thought of it. All right, go ahead. If I was, if I was commissioner of the, the first job I would hire would be a, some sort of marketing director to train our schools on how to market their programs and themselves. Because I think a lot of our the schools in the conference are terrible at that. And in this day and age, the transfer portal, that's more important than ever before. Okay. There you go. We were discussing earlier in the show Eric Paschal, and clearly he's done some nice things on the court. And clearly he will be uh, in the NBA on the Jazz roster, or I don't know if there's some big trade, maybe he could be in it, but he's going to be on somebody's roster. He can play in the NBA. He has proven that. But to get into the Jazz rotation, do you think he's done enough to get into the rotation permanently? What else does he have to do? Does it come down to somebody else being injured or traded to open a spot because of the way the roster is built? If you're looking for him to take the next step, what has to happen? Okay, so he has displayed a skill that is important that could get him on the floor. And that is an isolation game from 15 feet out uh, in which if he, actually big or small, but frankly, if you're playing a switching defense and they switch a smaller guard on him, he has shown a fabulous ability to overdrive, play isolation, overpower. It's actually back to his Fordham days. Before he was Villanova, he really almost played an isolation college kind of swing player, and he's brought that back. And he's a terrific rim finisher, even in traffic. He's about 71% at the rim. So in that circumstance, I think he could be valuable. The flip side, unfortunately, is he is a 30% three-point shooter. So if he's on the floor and you're not putting the ball in his hand, he's, he's clogging the rest of the offense up pretty considerably. And he's not really who you want as your number one option. So that gets a little bit of a delicate balancing act. Um, I think he's a stout defender and he brings some toughness. So again, in the one through five switching, I think he could be helpful in that circumstance. I mean, he did a pretty good job on Jokic earlier this week. Again, on the flip side, his defensive rebounding rate is like 11%, which is, if you way rebounding rate, if you equally distributed all 10 players on the floor, it'd be 10%. So he's not a good rebounder. He's 6'6". So I, you know, there's a little bit of a yin and a yang on him right now of what you're willing to get and what's going to, and whether the flip side is 
going to cause you any problems. When it comes to any acquisitions that they may make, is it hard not to get caught up in the moment? Not following. Sorry. So they're on this four-game losing streak here, and they've had oh, some okay. issues. And so, I don't. I, is it hard not to overreact? Yeah, I don't think so because this team. I actually think what this four-game losing streak has shown us is really how well put together the team is uh, to maximize what it can do, both in the front office and the coaching staff standpoint. Uh, the analogy I used on. And Scotty was we're a gorgeous crystal ball or we're a piece of glass art. And we're at, when we're at whole, we're absolutely fabulous. The problem is that our glass is actually a little bit of a jingle block. And if you pull one piece out, then the light doesn't reflect through it. It's not actually attractive and it actually might collapse. And that's really what we have found out here. And I don't know that that's like, so what? Like, if you took Jokic off the Nuggets, so would they. You take Steph off the Warriors, so would they. Like, you know, other than the Brooklyn Nets, you know, if you take Giannis off the Bucks for a long time, I think as good as Middleton and Holiday are, they're not carrying. So, I don't know if I think that's that big a deal. And I actually think it just shows how well put together and that the pieces, because the pieces of this puzzle or this piece just when they're playing together. And they've all got pretty big warts when they're not. And so I think it's actually a sign of how well put together the team is. If we're healthy, we're a title contender. And if we're missing number 27, we're not very good. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us. The Grizzlies are on a magnificent run. 21 out of 25 now. And they have done it missing key players. John Morant was out for a while. Dylan Brooks is out now. So it's not like they've been whole and everybody else has had health issues and availability issues. So full credit for that. But does this translate to the Grizzlies making a deep playoff run? Or is this like the Jazz going on a run 20 out of 21 last year, but they're out in the second round? Acknowledging the second round is a step forward for the Grizzlies, and they should be pumped about it. Well... There's nobody in the first round that's going to feel comfortable about getting in the second round. Because there's a real chance that the four road teams in the second first round of the Western Conference playoffs are Dallas with Luka Doncic, Denver with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Those are your four road teams. I'm not counting the second round for anyone. Um... In regards to Memphis, you've touched on it, DJ. They're just above average at every position, and then Jaws amazing, and Jared Jackson playing great. But they're so good at every they have they're better than you in every position, or at least better than average in almost every position. And that's why, and it's really what we were last year too, when we are at full strength and we have our bench unit, everyone's playing well, and that you know group of Mike and Jordan and Joe and. Uh, this year, Rudy Gay. Last year, um, was I don't remember who it was, but uh, yeah. George the uh, Playing great as a backup point guard. He's probably one of the five best backup point guards. Desmond Bain has become bona fide. What a steal he was. Uh, and then you kind of run through 
each of their Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams. Like they're 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 really just they're crazy deep, and they're doing a nice job of playing some young kids that actually you know the one exception would be Zaire Williams out of Stanford's not not very good yet. He's long, he's athletic, and he has a positive impact in his 12 minutes on the floor every night. So they're just and Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins is one of the best coaches in the league. Like that that's got to be talked about. He's incredible. Well, you've been on then that the standings really matter in terms of matchups. If we're going to have all these guys come back, does that decrease the emphasis on the standings since you're guaranteed basically to get a tough matchup no matter where you are in the first round? I think it increases the importance, one, because of home court, two, because there is a chance if you have eight that something funky could happen and you end up with Minnesota or San Antonio or – I mean, I want to say Sacramento, but they really prevent me from ever saying it with their actions. Sorry, DJ. No, that's fine. I know a better name one. I'm not. I'm not debating at all. It's it's that organization through multiple owners, now multiple arenas, has done some crazy stuff, and it is speaking hard of, to dig a hole and stay in it the way they have. But they have. Speaking, speaking of general incompetence, um, did you guys see the note on the Knicks? And their first-round draft pick. No. The, la- the last first-round draft pick that the Knicks signed to a second contract because they traded Kevin Knox yesterday is Charlie Ward. Oof. <laughs> Jeez. Like 94, isn't it? That would be the right ballpark, yeah. Yeah. Going back to his Florida State quarterback days. Big time college the football last, player. Yeah, the last first round draft pick, the Knicks signed to a second contract, won a Heisman Trophy. Bad. I know there was a coach who, who there who wanted to draft uh, Donovan Mitchell. That coach is no longer there. He <laughs> used to play for the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you talk to Jeff recently? <laughs> it was a while ago. You know what's really interesting is that there's 29 teams that now say they wanted to draft um, Donovan Mitchell. It's the same Draymond Green phenomenon. Like I, Draymond Green was better than Donovan Mitchell because at least Donovan went like in the top whatever. Draymond Green was the second-round draft pick that every single team passed on, including the Warriors twice, by the way. Like, if the Warriors, like, pump their chest about their Draymond Green pick and their owner tells us how he has the special sauce and is just smarter than everyone else, if you go back and look, they had like multiple late picks. I think they passed on Draymond Green twice in that draft before they took him. You know, it's funny you say that because one of the uh, one of Scott Layden could be really dry and really, but man, he went he went nuts once when I was talking to him about that. He says we get so much credit for drafting Stockton Malone. He says if I knew what Stockton Malone were going to turn into, I should be fired for not mortgaging the farm and trading up to get them. I should have never sat there and let them fall to us. I mean, yeah, we picked them when they fell to us, but we didn't move up to go get them. We should have if we'd known they were going to turn into this. Uh, Yeah. All right. That's a great point. Great point. All right. I appreciate it, David. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll listen to you Sunday with the Jazz and the Nuggets. Well, that will be fun. And, um, DK, I'm a little hurt. Like, Boy. I told you to call me, and I was going to help you with something, and you still wouldn't call me. 
I mean, tell I me to understand you don't call just to say hi. You call because you want tea time. Or you need something, and then you need something you didn't even call. You didn't tell me to call you. That's not true. Did I, I miss that? I got on that little issue you were having. Call me. I must have missed that then because I certainly would have. Yes, I would have. I, I'm totally, I'll go back and check. All right. Well, I, but I'm available, so call me on that if you want to. Okay, gotcha. Never be afraid. This is a tip for everybody. Never be afraid to pick up the phone, call somebody, and start a conversation. You haven't talked to somebody in a while and say, hey, do you know why I'm calling? And they'll say no. And then you'll say, because I need something. You will inevitably get a laugh. You will inevitably get a laugh. I've done it many times. Okay, okay. But when I've called Locke sometimes, the need is for counsel. So that's out of respect. It's not, don't, I'm not saying give me money or do or something me a, for me. Right. Yeah. No, I've called you him several advice. times that I, I want his opinion because that's how high I value it. So let's broaden the definition of need here. You just want me. Oh, wait. I didn't sound right. Never mind. Let's get out of the show. DJ and PK, he's David Locke. David, thanks for joining us. And we will talk with George Klyovkov and get to your point with him. Pac-12 commissioners coming up at 915 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Aaron Rodgers is terrific. Aaron Rodgers is very mad. That'd be weird. He wins the Super Bowl and, and bolts. But that's his style. That's totally his he style. He would love to do that. He would love to do yeah. that. He's never going to be happy wherever Still he goes. Still going to be mad. He's an angry guy. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Every day from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK in the morning. Proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Question of the day. We're getting a lot of responses. We've got multiple questions up, and people are jumping all. This is a good time, PK. There's a lot going on. The NFL playoffs start Saturday. What could possibly be better? Nothing. (laughs) Come on, PK. In terms of sports? The NFL playoffs are the pinnacle of your life. (laughs) In terms of of sports, not life, sports. (laughs) Okay. In terms of sports, the only knock I can have on the NFL playoffs, because they are obviously a major event and a gazillion people watch all these games and root for against teams and holler and scream and do all that stuff. The only thing I can say is... We don't have a team here, so we don't have a rooting interest that we do in the same way. You and I have both lived in NFL towns. We have friends and family in NFL towns. A lot of our listeners can probably check one or both of those boxes also. And in those towns, it's different than it is here. When I was a kid in San Diego when the Chargers finally made the playoffs, it was was all-encompassing. It was crazy. And I assume right now that... With the Cardinals getting ready for a Monday night playoff game with the Rams, it's nuts in Phoenix. You listen to Phoenix radio. Your sisters live down there. It's nuts. I know plenty of Niner fans from growing up in California. And San Francisco's amped up. Probably not like they were back in the day when they were winning Super Bowls left and right because they don't have anticipation of winning the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, they're amped up for a playoff game with the Cowboys. I've spoken to several ex-girlfriends this week. The that Valley is on fire. Yeah, a kid. Yeah, I mean, I could talk to two or three a day and still – not fill up my phone lines i mean come on let's i mean i i in in high school and college there was many a weekend that i in fact did trip to light fantastic yeah second reference good joke good work. <laughs> and if i want i want another one in the nine o'clock hour nfl playoffs start saturday what could possibly be better all right you asked what could be better in sports you say nothing but here come some nominees dustin 
on the point I'm just making. An NFL franchise in Salt Lake that is in the playoffs, that would be better. I don't rule it out one day, someday. I do. I don't. And I think you're dumb to do that. (laughs) Who's going to pay for the stadium? That's a huge problem. NFL owners don't play for stadiums. They expect cities to do it. And three cities have just lost football teams because they wouldn't do it. And St. Louis would argue that they didn't even get a fair chance to do it. And that's why they had a lawsuit. I was like, they sued. They they literally sued. Yeah, right. But St. Louis, Oakland, and San Diego lost teams. And that's just recently. Uh, There are other cities that have lost teams. And Houston wouldn't do it. Lost the Oilers. Then they did it. And they got the Texans. Ditto for Cleveland and the Browns. And Baltimore and the Ravens. So there's plenty of examples. I just don't see who's going to... The thing, I guess, that would give you a form of encouragement, if you would like to do your really bad accent, and Yach is lip-syncing it right now. I'm going to look away. A form of encouragement is that the football stadiums are, and, and Arizona and Vegas are two examples, are being turned slowly but surely into multi-purpose facilities, which economically makes a little more sense. Put a concrete floor in, roll the grass in and out. If you put grass down, then there's a bunch of events that you can't, you can't have. Rolling a grass field in and out off a concrete floor Okay, you got more options, more things that you can you can put in that stadium. I wanted to talk about the NFL playoffs, and you're talking to me about grass. <laughs> well, actually, nobody wanted to talk about the playoffs. People are here like, you ask what's better, and Don says summer and drag racing. Danny says fishing. Michael says the start of the next college football season. Yeah, I think that America would disagree with all of those. (laughs) (laughs) America would, because the NFL is the most popular thing we've got. Didn't we go through that in the last couple years with the kneeling? And an interesting, like the kneeling, it's like nobody does it. it. Yeah, it was was such a big deal. It was such an uproar a year or two ago. How many many words were written and spoken about that? Yeah. Regardless of what your politics are or what you thought of that. But what is the grand total of the number of words spoken and written? And they don't do it now. And life has gone on. And... I thought I saw somewhere, you, you would know this, uh, that they set records this year uh, for viewership and all that stuff. Yeah, it, is simply the, the it is simply the biggest thing we have. And the postseason is bigger than the regular season. So if it's the biggest sporting, a sporting thing I'm talking about, if it's the biggest sporting thing we have, and now it's the postseason, it stands to reason that this is about a, going to be the biggest thing that we have. The thing that I love, and it's, it's a knock that I've and I've had this against the NBA playoffs. It just takes too long. Your postseason shouldn't be longer than a month, and for the NBA, it is. I, I don't know how to fix it. I, I, I'm not offering any solutions. I don't have any solutions, but it just seems like two months pushing into Father's Day is too long. I I wish there was something they can do. I mean, I can live with it, but at least you know NFL playoffs are here. They start tomorrow, and in one month, it'll be done. We'll have a Super Bowl winner. It's it's compacted, and it builds up momentum during the week, particularly in those towns. Yeah, I agree with you. If you have that and your team wins from round one to round two and so forth, the momentum builds, and it becomes the dominant topic 
All right, I understand that completely. We don't have that. But still, most places don't have an NFL franchise. And that's just the way it is, right? Because there's way more places in the country than there are teams. But yet you still pull in all of those things there. It's like saying, well, America is just a woolly 100% a racist country. And we've elected two African-Americans. Portions are. But the blanket, the whole country doesn't really make sense to me, but that's me. Maybe I'm off base on that. So it's the same thing, same type of principle. The NFL markets are very select, and they have to draw in from so many different areas. I mean, look at the Broncos. They're drawing in from at least three states, if not four. Yeah. Right? The way they're situated. situated. And if we ever got a team here, we would do the same. In terms of uh, drawing in from oh, yeah. multiple Wyoming, states, Wyoming and Idaho and Nevada, yeah, Elko would be all about it. Oh, obviously they would. Yeah, Idaho Falls, hello, Evanston. I mean, I mean, they're smaller communities, granted, right? But nevertheless, they would be across state. No, lines. but these teams are all regional, and uh, just tons of Cowboys fans in San Antonio, three hours away. Tons of oh, Cowboys, sure. tons of Cowboy fans everywhere. Yeah, everybody talks about, uh, you know, it's the constant. uh, The Broncos are always on the TV. They're our local team. Guess which team had the most games televised in Utah this year? You've got got the ticket. A lot of people don't. But if you don't have the ticket, which team did you see the most in Utah? The Cowboys. Every game but one was on TV in Utah, one way or another. Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, they played a Saturday game the last weekend of the season. Uh, when their games are regionalized on Fox or CBS, mostly on Fox, but uh, CBS had a Cowboy game as well. Okay, is there any other sport that could pull that off? No. No. I mean, the Lake, the, the Lakers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, uh, similar, but not to the Cowboys level. And you're just talking regular season, too. Yes. Granted, they have fewer games, so it's a much bigger deal, right. each individual right. game. But I think the, in the NBA, the Lakers, they always find a way to put the Lakers on TV. You know, you turn on NBA TV or ESPN or TNT, uh, Lakers are on more than their fair share. And I think with the baseball packages, if you, if you charted it, you'd probably see the same thing with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Well, yeah, I mean, every time those two play, it's a Sunday, right. it's the Sunday night game. Right. But then Granted. they go on the road, and they're in cities they're not normally in. If they're in a National League city, they'll find an excuse to put that game on. Uh, whoever else is Oh, really yeah, and the people go nuts point. when they go into town. Right. Well, when, the, when they decided to play a game in Iowa, right, and go out to the movie set, you know, and play and do the whole Field of Dreams thing, the Yankees were playing. Well, of course they were. And if they do it again, I bet the Red Sox are playing. Of course they will. NFL is the biggest thing. And every game is huge. Every game. Every game. The, from the, for the Raiders and, and Bengals, we'll kick it off tomorrow, right? And, 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 and part of it, too, I think, is in uh, what percentage of the country. You got nowhere to go. So your butt is inside. Right, uh, so yeah. the t- t- time the of year helps. Bad. Yeah, right. And so I know as a kid, I, I had this little black and white TV. It must have been, uh, I don't know, what twenty inches, maybe, maybe not even that. It was just this real little thing. And my parents, when I got like in the sixth, seventh grade, they let me put it in my own my own little bedroom that we had. My sisters uh, were always jealous because they had the share room, and I got my own. 
because of the gender differences, obviously. And uh, so I would be on that thing and I would just, oh my gosh, I knew who was playing, when they were playing, Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 7. That was the, the New York stations. And it was just huge. And I never really hadn't had a favorite team growing up. I like Roger Stallback. So I was associated with the Cowboys through Roger because Roger was my ultimate hero growing up. Uh, I, I just really, just really loved him for whatever reason. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know I got on a Willie Mays because I did a book report when I was in the second or third grade. I mean, he was basically done playing at that point. Uh, but, uh, and plus he was playing on the other side of the country and it's not like I ever saw him play, but nevertheless, I latched onto him. I don't know why I latched onto Roger, but I did. And he was my big time hero. So I, I rooted for him and the Cowboys after he left. I lost any allegiance to the Cowboys at the time. And I'm not a Cowboy fan now, but I just remember being so big. I can remember as a little kid watching the Immaculate Reception. In the garage, and Dad and I yelling so loud, Mom thought there was some kind of industrial accident with a saw or something, and came out, and she was livid. Livid? Furious. <laughs> that we had scared her like that. And we were just, we were, it was the craziest thing. And of course, nobody in San Diego liked the Raiders, so everybody thought it was awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. The right, Steelers yeah. at that point well, had, had awesome. never had never won anything. They had been terrible my dad's entire life. It it was awesome. Yeah, I mean it was incredible. It's a it's a long lasting play. Yeah. How many plays have a name associated to it? Just a handful. Right. And that's what's so cool about sports is every time you watch you could have something that could last forever. You know what I mean? Yep. And you don't know. You don't. You are you going to have a Kirk Gibson moment? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome when that happens. Right. And it it stands a possibility. Now that was the immaculate reception. What what round? I don't even know what round. What level of playoff was it? I don't. I don't remember. It but was, I remember the play. Well, they didn't have a wild card round. It was yeah, a divisional, I know, I it was a divisional round. That. It was a divisional round. That was what Pittsburgh wanted to get to the AFC title game. Right. So it wasn't even to go to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yep. yep. But yet we still can recall it. Yep. And if you can recall something all these years later, that just makes it so awesome. When I was a, uh, I moved out to Arizona, my parents sent me out to start my freshman year of high school, right? And they stayed behind. My older sister, both of them are older, but the one who's older than the other one, she had moved out to Arizona, right, with her then husband. And so my parents sent me out to live with her. So I'm 13, 14 years old, and they send me out to my with my sister. I love my sister. I hated her husband. Thank goodness she got rid of him and has now been married to somebody that I really look up to for almost 40 years but nevertheless uh they send me out there right well i go back for christmas because they're going to uh sell the house and everything and then we're going to drive out to uh phoenix and my parents no jobs by the way and no idea what they're going to do but they move out there 
talk about crazy. Could you imagine doing that? No. That <laughs> makes me nervous just thinking about it. <laughs> I've moved. I've changed cities multiple times, but always with a specific right. reason to go. I am going right. to college, so I'm moving to Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a job at a TV station, so I'm going to Sacramento. I have a job at a TV station, so I'm going to Salt Lake City. Yeah, there's always been a plan. Well, that's for when I moved to California because I had a but job. I, I, moved to I have I heard of people. Your parents said this is not like there are people oh, who yeah. go city shopping. I want to live here. And then oh. they move there and look for a job. Well, that's crazy to me. I know. I'm with, uh. you. I'm with you. So they do that. Right. So we were moving. It's the post Christmas week. And we took a southern route for weather to move out. And I think we're in Virginia. And the Cowboys, it's a Sunday. And the Cowboys are playing in a playoff game. We get in a car, and I keep bugging them. It's just the three of us. And I said, man, man the Cowboys, Cowboys are playing today. It starts at 1 o'clock. starts at 1 o'clock. We have a cross-country drive. We drove like 25 miles, checked into another hotel to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember who they were playing. I don't remember who won. Nothing. Oh, that's really disappointing. Lives. Now I want to know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who... Well, well, what year? Remember. What year did you move? I can look it up. I'm going to figure this it's out. You... Seventy four. Uh, you have to go back and think about. It. I think it was then. Yeah. And so we only we drove like literally twenty miles, and when we had a cross country trip planned, and it got to the point where uh, school was going to start, and we only got as far as Memphis. And school starting, so my parents <laughs> scraped up some money. They put me on a plane. <laughs> he got you out to Arizona for school. Yeah, well, they true meandered story. across the country at twenty-five miles a day. <laughs> <laughs> they, That's they, hilarious. Twenty-five yeah. miles. I mean, like you're not even getting from like Salt Lake to Ogden or Provo. <laughs> I know. I know. Miles. I know. At least that's the way I remember it. No, they're gone, so I can't uh, can't check confirm with them. that. But I'm I, I'm almost positive we barely drove, and my father said, "Let's." And my father and I, I could start crying here in a minute. I mean, he would have given me everything he had plus a million. The issue is he didn't have much, but whatever he had, he gave me everything. You know, I mean, the the love a father had for a son, there's no greater than what he manifests him for me. Uh, that's just, just a fact. And he knew I really wanted it. So he did it. And then there, so, so I, here's, I'm, I'm just a little dorky freshman and they stick me on a plane in Memphis so I can start school uh, the next day on the Monday after we reconvene after the Christmas break. And then my sister drove down to sky Harbor to pick me up and there I was in school on time, but that's how big of a deal NFL playoffs have always been for me. They've always, and maybe I get caught up in the moment because it's now, it's not the middle of summer. And maybe in the middle of summer, if you say NFL playoffs, I won't think, oh, wow, that's the greatest. But in the moment, yeah. It is in the moment because in March, you're going to be telling us what a great month, month March is. And in October, you'll tell us what a great, this is the best month, oh. this is the best time. Because you get yeah. seasons overlapping and multiple championships. And, you know, it's just crazy. I was already dreaming watching the college football game on Monday. Because they started playing that ad for the Masters. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> now, see, that's a reason to take the show on the road. we got to get Bob and Brian to hook us up. Do the show from Augusta. That would be awesome. Oh, that absolutely would. That Excellent would be idea. awesome. 
And it, it would relate to the to show. It wouldn't be us just taking care of us. Us sitting on a beach is just oh, us no, taking we, care of us. I mean, not that we wouldn't have a great time at the Augusta, because we would, but at least well, it would be a story associated and, with and us then we, And then we get Tony and Mike Weir to come on afterwards. See? I like it. Yeah, I you got to work on that, brother. You know, if it was 74, then it was probably a nondescript random playoff game, and the Cowboys have been good enough. They've played a lot of those. If it was 75, PK, you might have been checking in. Speaking of named plays, the Hail Mary, which we now use high school, college, pro, all across the country. Yes, the first Hail Mary. Roger Staubach to Drew Pearson to beat the Vikings, December of 75, and that was called the Hail Mary. And then every long last second pass after that was is called a Hail Mary. So to have a play named the Immaculate Reception isn't reused on a weekly basis. The Hail Mary is. Cowboy playoff game, 1975. There you go. All right, we got to take a break. We got George Klavkov, the Pac 12 commissioner, coming up. He's going to be here at 9 15. DJ and PK get to uh, where's the Pac 12 going? Where's the TV contract going? Where's the playoff going? We'll talk with the Pac 12 commissioner at 9 15. Stay with us. This is Unright. You guys are doing a hell of a job. I just believe. It can't be status quo for Utah because if it's status quo, USC, Oregon are going to go. They're going to blow by Utah in the next couple of years. Utah's got to get bolt. They got to get creative. They got to get outside the box. They got to get some big time recruits bigger than what they've been getting. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran weekdays from three to seven on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com. DJ and PK talking a little NFL playoffs this morning. We're about to have the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyavkov, on. Got six playoff games this weekend, a doubleheader Saturday, a tripleheader Sunday, and then for the first time, Monday night football. Cardinals and Rams, a playoff game in L.A. PK, usually the road team wins about a third of these games. I think there's a couple home teams that are uh, just overwhelming favorites. I would never pick against the Chiefs straight up at home against the Steelers. I would never pick against the Bucks. Tom, and I know Tom Brady's. You know he's got guys in and out of the lineup, skill players around him. Uh, they may not have all their guys because they haven't had all their guys. But the Bucks, Eagles, I think everybody's picking the Bucks straight up. So set those two aside. If the, if the visitors are going to win a third of the games, they're going to win twice. That means these other four games are toss-up material. Who do you like on the road? Raiders, Bengals, very tempted. Uh, total wild card because of the weather. The Patriots and Bills is going to be awful. One, one defensive back slipping on one play, touchdown game swings. I would stay away from that. The Cowboys, 6-0 in the division, 6-5 and outside the division. You gotta like the Niners against the Cowboys, don't you? I know Garoppolo makes people nervous, but you gotta like the Niners against the Cowboys, don't you? I don't. Really? I think Dak is I don't think Dak is a big time quarterback, but I think they're good enough to win at this level. And when I go quarterbacks, you say over and the first thing you do is run to the quarterback. You're killing me here. I say he's not a big time quarterback. I, to, to go on this level, I think he can. I think yeah. they can do it. I'm talking not just him. Well, then if you want to, if you want to go quarterbacks, and I think trusting quarterbacks is a big thing. Now, if you got two quarterbacks you can trust, you move on to the next the next 
you know, check some more boxes here. Cardinals, Rams, neither one of these guys has proven that he's got a chance to win the playoffs or that he can win the playoffs. Now you can say Kyler Murray's way young. You got to give him a chance. Here's a chance. And for yeah, Stafford, he's older, but he's in Detroit. He didn't have a chance. So unknown quantities. Now we have fresh memories of Stafford throwing picks. The Cardinals, for whatever reason, terrible at home, great on the road, eight and one on the road. And they're on the road against a Ram team that's five and three at home. So is that your road team, the Cards? Uh, I think they can win, but I would feel a lot more comfortable if they have Hopkins. I think losing Hopkins is a significant blow. I'm also surprised that you just overlook the AFC's top seed and don't give them any respect. Well, the AFC's top seed isn't playing this weekend, so I wasn't talking about the Titans. I understand that, but I'm talking about going forward here. Oh. I realize just this I week. was just picking games for this weekend. Yeah, I think they're a huge question mark because if Henry's back and he's 100%, well, then the layoff can actually work for him because he's fresh, he's not worn down. And at that point, look out. I mean, look out. But is he coming back at 60%? He's not as explosive because yeah, then they that. can be beaten. That, that is a speaking, huge wild card. I'm talking generally we go right to the Chiefs. Yeah, yep. Because but we don't go AFC, to Tennessee. Because they've been in the AFC title game three years in a row, the Super Bowl twice, and they won one of them. And that's they've got the postseason track record. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. George Klavkov, Pac-12 commissioner, is coming up at 9.15, right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.